Hello everyone, welcome to Day Zero Updates. I am the host, Chris Sologi. I'm Patrick Nefflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a lighter crew today, because a couple people are out, but uh, that's fine. There's plenty of stuff here to talk about. Oh yeah. Uh, tons of announcements, and uh, one more uh, company of shame here at the end. Oh as yeah. As we kind of keep the... Uh, the sexual harassment, abuse allegations go on, I guess. Yeah. Never stops. Yep. Never uh, stops. And weirdly enough, it's thematic because much of what we'll be talking about is all from the same company. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we're going to get going here in a little bit, but first we'll talk about what we're playing. Uh, yeah, so what I've been playing, uh, more Rocket League. Uh, still mm. working on trying to unlock all the special items for this event. I had one weird game where my teammates kept trying to forfeit even when we were tied or ahead. Uh, the fuck? We were tied at one. They tried to forfeit. Uh, we were up by one, two to one. They tried to forfeit. We were tied back at two to two. They tried to forfeit, and then they gave up on trying to forfeit. Luckily, they didn't just quit out for whatever reason. Uh, but then we went to overtime, and I'm the one that knocked in the goal, so it's Basically a big, like, yeah, fuck your uh, quitting asses mm-hmm. uh, with that, but... They were trying to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, but uh, that was a whole weird thing. But, yeah, uh, still still a lot of fun with that game. Uh, still playing Golf on Mars. Uh, on my phone version, I've just passed a thousand holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, still got a ways to go on that, but uh, so far so good on that. Uh, also started Far Cry 3 since I got that on sale the other day, uh, for three bucks on PSN. And, uh, so far so good. Uh, I can definitely tell they did not put that much effort in trying to improve the graphics, uh, for, uh, the PS4, Xbox One, uh, power. Cause it just, it just looks like a last gen game that, you know, didn't really get too much in the way of just making the resolution higher and, that kind of stuff. It still feels like a 360 game through and through. Yeah. Uh, especially just the way they separate the map from the other menus. So I'm yeah. constantly trying to pull up my crafting menus and uh, hit the touchpad, which is only the map. Uh, yeah. So you can't get back to the other menus. So like, uh, just constantly like hitting the, the map, button, which in most modern games, that's all tied into the same thing. It's just the one is a shortcut to one part. Uh, the options button goes to another part, but and uh, yeah, the the stealth stuff they try and get you into using is just so unwieldy because it's just like hiding the hiding vegetation, and it's kind of hard to figure out like, okay, am I hidden here? They don't do anything to tell you like, oh, you're good, uh, or anything like that. You just uh, if enemies are nearby, you can tell when you're not because the you start getting the little notification it's like oh they see you kind of thing and uh so far not really had too much in the way of uh wild stuff happening just yet i did kill a shark uh, a bull shark which wasn't too hard i had uh, uh an ak-47 and it was just hanging out uh not doing much so uh but yeah that's that's been pretty decent so far and uh the other game i'm playing is one i got from the steam sale griftlands uh, which hmm. is the new clay game. Uh, makers of Don't Starve. Uh, what else do they make? Uh, I forget the other PC game they made fairly recently in the past couple of years. It's like Oxygen Not Included, I think it is. Hmm. They make a lot of uh, uh, games that just look really, really strong. Uh, really great. Uh, kind of 2D animation kind of stuff. And this kind of takes... Uh, uh, a change from that stuff by being a card uh, combat RPG and very going into kind of a lot of uh, reputation systems, uh, stuff like that as a, a roguelite uh, kind of game. And the, the card combat stuff is split into two parts, one for combat and one for uh, like dialogue with certain enemies. Uh, or you can kind of uh, have the option of maybe talking them uh, into doing the thing you want, or not doing the thing you want, whatever the quest, uh, 
asks of you uh, without having to necessarily go into combat. And so you're kind of dealing with your resolve as uh, uh, the dialogue version of health. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has a whole weird little system there, but as you go, you get cards to add to the each deck to hopefully boost them up, but yeah, so far it's been pretty good, and you definitely do have to pay attention to uh, reputation, so you might go into a bar, and uh, depending on how, like if you help them out with quests and whatever they ask you, that kind of stuff, you get uh, better rewards as you level up uh, that thing up to, I think, them being positive with you and then loving you uh, versus there's, I think, two negative tiers as well. Mm. You can even get cards out of pushing them to the other end as well. Mm. So there's a lot of cool little mechanics here, and it's still early access, so uh, they're still working on things, but so far so good on that. Uh, I just need to get better at the the dialogue combat because it was a bit tough. I got uh, worked over by one enemy where they were getting more mm. powerful as it went on because they had a impatient perk. Yep. So it was like their their resolve damage they were doing doubled each turn mm-hmm. that, as I was fucking around uh, trying to figure out uh, what I was going to do. So uh, those are all pretty cool. A uh, uh, pretty cool style of game that they're doing here and uh, looking forward to uh, playing some more and seeing how it evolves as I play more of it. So... Uh, that's been pretty much it. How about you, Pat? Uh, I'm still glued to Fantasy Star Online 2, but I have been branching out a little bit, in part due to some purchases. Um, first off, I've been getting back into Forza Motorsport 7, just because uh, that's always going to be one of those games that I can just um, sit down and get into whenever I want to... Um, whenever I want to unwind, because driving just naturally relaxes me. And so having the Gran Turismo's and Forces of the World um, available to me is always a good thing. Um, Other than that, I've been buying up a bunch of retro minis of late. My Neo Geo and my Genesis are already here. Um, I've been hacking the bejesus out of the Genesis thanks to Phil. Mm -hmm. And I've almost got it where I need it to be. Um the Neo Geo, I'm going to wait until the um, the hacking is a little more advanced than it currently is because um, I don't really feel like crawling up its asshole to add games to it just yet. Mm. Um, but I've also got a Turbo Duo that just shipped out this morning, and I'm guessing that's going to arrive around Tuesday. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I'm um I'm going to be going all in on on retro gaming for the next little while and honestly uh the timing couldn't be better with me trying to get back into streaming as well. So I might have a lot of retro gaming streams going on here in the very near future. Um I've got my um streaming setup pretty well in progress. I just need to get OBS um situated for um you know to to the way I want it for um for my layout and everything but yeah that's pretty much been it for me this week all right uh as for me uh I finally got my got access back to my PSN account so yay yeah that actually I'm actually surprised that went as smoothly as it did it took about 48 hours but yeah um, yeah, I got it back, so I was playing, uh, Catherine again, um, I'm actually on day six now, which is, like, near the tippy top of that tower, and, holy shit, it gets, su- it gets stupid hard at this point, um, because, how can I explain it? This is the part of the game where you're really starting to have to plan, like, five steps ahead. Because, you know, normally up to this point, you could have gotten away with sort of uh, not necessarily brute-forcing it. Because you still have to, like, kind of put some strategy into it by, like, you know, taking blocks and, like, building a staircase or using them to make, like, a pyramid or what they call the, the clock tower, which is where you sort of 
go make it sort of into like a spiral formation. But at this point now, they've started introducing new shit like like exploding blocks that like have a fuse on them that blow up after you've stepped on them and then like damages all the blocks around it. They've also started adding um, more enemies onto the um, onto the, the stairs and it's difficult because you know you don't really have any weapons that you can use to get rid of the enemies. The only thing you can do is like something akin to that is uh, this well, I guess it's supposed to be like a spell book or something that you can use that like calls down lightning and takes care of all the enemies that are at least on that specific screen. But um, I'm starting to like having to go up against like black widows and like minotaurs with giant hammers and shit like that. But it gets especially frustrating because once you get up to a point where it's literally just like a sheer cliff, you kind of have to like strategize it in such a way so that you can you can kind of like use them to both at the same time make what they call a bridge and then also make parts of it collapse so that you can sort of also use it as like a mini staircase. I don't know. It just gets really it gets really hard at this point. You have um, to think like a few steps ahead. Yeah. Setting yourself up for future uh, success. Yeah. Have they introduced that- uh, ice blocks yet? Oh, they do that at like in the middle of the game. Okay. So yeah, the ice blocks have been there for a while. Yeah, the ice blocks are weird. Where the ice blocks aren't really that difficult once you get used to them. Yeah, but um, it's when they throw other stuff with them. Yeah, because you can't move on them. You essentially slide to the end of the direction. You're uh, well, facing, you, or you, you climb on the basically. Sides. Yeah, it it's. I've gotten it where you can, as long as you're like climbing up on one, you'll stay in place. Yeah, when you go to move, it's when you slide around. Yeah, so you have to like make sure you're going in a direction that you can stop at, <laughs> instead of just sliding right off the end of it and dying. But that uh, the, I the next to last boss fight that you have is uh, so like okay, if you if anybody there who hasn't played Catherine, basically the way this works is every night when you go into the nightmare. Uh, and you do the part where you have to climb up, um, you'll get, like, a couple of regular levels, and then in the middle of them, you get this point where you can, like, purchase an item and, like, save your game. Um, it also helps if you're loaded. Yeah. Uh, yeah, literally. It actually literally does help, because the drunker you are, the faster you are in the game. Um, but... The last part of each night is essentially, for lack of a better term, a boss fight. Except you're not really fighting it, you're trying to outrun it. But the bosses are usually like these sort of metaphorical um, uh, visions of like your uh, character's deepest fears. So like, uh, you know, like like for example... I could relate so hard. Oh yeah, um... Some, like, for example, the ones where uh, it's like he's, like, having troubles with his girlfriend, and so he envisions, like, ghoulish giant images of his girlfriend's face and hands trying to, trying to kill him. Um, you also want to keep in mind that this is a precursor to Persona 5, so these are some nasty-ass enemies. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, This was co- literally the game that they made to um, teach themselves seventh-generation hardware. Yep. And uh, finally, but the one that is still all of them that still sticks out to me is uh, the baby, because apparently Catherine lets uh, fly, uh, not, okay, so there's two Catherines in the game. One is Catherine, which is Vincent, your character's fiance, for better lack of a better word, and then there's Catherine, the chick he ends up cheating on her with. And uh, the first Catherine, his fiance, kind of lets loose that she's late. And I don't mean, like, time-wise, I no. mean, yeah. And so he starts having these uh, dream, these nightmares about fatherhood, and so he ends up being chased by a giant baby that's trying to kill him. Are you playing full-bodied? Uh, no, I'm playing the original. Okay. Um, and uh, the boss, the next-to-last boss, uh, they decide to take the baby, but then they give it a bunch of cyborg parts. 
So now it has like a chainsaw for a hand and a minigun in its mouth. That's about it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that one's especially hard because not only does it like use its chainsaw arm to like legitimately saw off like entire sections, like entire vertical sections of the tower, it uses its gun to like shoot uh shoot out like a bunch of blocks fa- farther up in the tower so that they end up falling on you. And he also ends up letting loose a bunch of saw wheels. Well, more like chainsaw barrels that uh, basically like act, they basically act like little wheels that like roll down and around the sides of the tower. It's really fucking weird. But, um, yeah, that game that game is a, is really good. I really love playing it, but holy shit, you've really got to have your A game because that game will kick your ass if you were not paying attention. Um but yeah, um and out of that, uh, I've also been because that's pretty much the only game I've been playing since I finished The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I decided to go back into mobile gaming a bit and I've been playing a little game called Sino Alice, which is a gotcha game that was written and developed by Yoko Taro. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so, if you've played Nier, or you... At that point. Huh? Was it's that? It's really all been said at that point. <laughs> yeah. If you've played Nier, or you've played Drakengard, you kind of know what you're getting into when you're playing a Yoko Taro joint. And, uh, oh yeah, it's fucking all over this game. Um... The whole premise is that you are playing what are essentially different classes, all of which are represented by uh, various heroines from, like, twisted versions of classic fairy tales. So you got you got Snow White, you got Cinderella, you got uh, Red Riding Hood, etc., etc. But at some point, this is, like, what would happen if, like, their stories, like, took a hard left turn at some point. So, like, Cinderella, for example, uh, she decide, and as everybody knows in, like, the classic Cinderella story, she, uh, you know, she she's, like, this poor girl who ends up getting named Cinderella because she's always covered in ashes, you know, and cinders. Hence the name Cinderella. And she's got like her two her awful stepmother and her two awful stepsisters. And uh, you know, the whole idea is that eventually, you know, her prince will come because, you know, all of this suffering will be worth something. Basically what happens with this version of Cinderella, or what happened, is that about some point she basically just loses her shit and kills her stepmother and stepsisters and goes completely fucking axe crazy. And the sort of uh, the sort of idea behind this game is that each of these characters are trying to revive their original authors so they can rewrite their stories the way that they want them to. And to do this, they're doing all of this stuff in this area that's called the library. And uh, about a little ways through, you start to realize that this is this game is actually a part of Yoko Taro's video game universe. Because, like, Drakengard and Nier are also part of the library. Yeah. That's, uh... That's about it. That's about it. Oh, the implications. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, like, uh... It, it's got that classic sort of demented, light novelish writing style that, you know, Yoko Taro is known for when it comes to, like, dialogue. And, of course, like all Yoko Taro games, uh, each weapon has, like, its own little backstory that progressively opens up as you play. So there's also that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun little time waster. Um, I really cannot wait to see, you know, when I get later in this game, because you know how all Yoko Taro games are like. Uh, you know, they're already begin batshit crazy, and then they take a hard left turn into crazy town. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Trails. Off the cliff, into the valley of insanity. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So, Dan Rib, what about you? Yeah, um, I've actually been a lot more diverse this week. Um, I've got a few re- review copies that I uh, went ahead and um, started and played. Uh, and, mainly, and a lot of them have, become, have come through uh, terminals. This is one of the um, uh, cues that we get them from. And I'm just trying to, like, have a, 
as complete as a terminal's profile as I can, so that I can get into Cyberpunk. <laughs> but um, I know Chris also has one. I don't know. I don't know how complete his is. It, it might even it might even be, be better than mine. So I don't know. We, we might as well just try to combine our accounts or something. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I've been playing um, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Uh, the game. Yeah, came wasn't out... that originally a GameCube game? Yeah, it came out in the GameCube, PS2, Xbox era. And, um, you know, you know, during that time, there were plenty of games, plenty of them were, um, licensed, and as we all know, licensed games aren't usually very good. This game was actually pretty damn good, and it it, it developed quite a cult following and is well-respected amongst the speedrunner community, Mm -hmm. you know, that, combined with a whole bunch of Twitter stuff, ended up, uh, getting it a, a, a remaster, and the remaster is pretty darn clean, feels good, plays good. The problem is, it's kind of stuck in 2002, 2003, um, when, you know, you die. When you die, you have to wait, like, almost 30 seconds before you respawn, and that's fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the cutscenes, for example, um, you know, you'll watch it, and at the very end, like, it'll stay on the same frame for about five more seconds than it should. I don't know if it's for comedic effect, or if it's to really say, oh, you know, we're, we're sticking to our roots. But, like, as far as, you know, being a good remaster in 2020... It isn't, but as someone that actually didn't didn't play the original release, I'm I'm having a whole lot of fun with it. Um, the platforming is great, uh, the worlds are well realized, and um, for, uh, first off, I I've never seen an episode of of SpongeBob, so I don't find any of this stuff rather uh, funny. But um, uh, from from what I've uh, researched, like all of uh, almost all of the voices are there except for Mr. Crab, so you're you're getting a really authentic experience. And you know the, the the story is stupid, but as far as like collectathon platforming goes, it, it's great. You know you have your average, uh, you have your jumping, you have your ground pounds. Um, aside from SpongeBob, when you go to bus stops, you can switch to Patrick Star or uh, Sandy Squirrel on the fly. Patrick is just you know just uh, a fat starfish that can use a lot of heavy moves. Um, he can grab uh, watermelons and uh, solve puzzles by throwing them around. He can also uh, freeze water so that you can walk around water which would kill you which is crazy because you know they're underwater in the first place so it's kind of kind of weird and then sandy squirrel has like uh these um karate moves and she can uh sort of uh hover like similar to the way uh mario sunshine was Uh you know when when i think back like during that era um uh collectathon platformers were pretty much dying already like when i think back the, the only good game during that time was mario sunshine and that wasn't even that good of a game so uh playing it now uh just, just makes me realize it, it's it's not really that easy to, to just just to make these these games good. Like you know, the last the last one was like Mario Odyssey, and you know, aside from Nintendo, like who really does a good one these days? Like, mm. um, I remember you, when Ukulele came out, like that wasn't all that impressive. So you know, maybe, maybe even Rare doesn't even have that ability anymore. So playing through uh, SpongeBob is actually. If this is the kind of stuff that THQ Nordic is doing, uh, as far as like all of their remasters go, they're they're on the right track. I just really hope that, you know, they try to get rid of some of these bad load times that don't have to be there, especially not in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're 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 redoing like Kingdoms of Amalur, which was also pretty good back in the day, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a THQ has a lot of uh, interesting IPs that they can bring back, and um, they're all 20, 30 bucks, and um, that that pretty much makes it worth it. So. That's a recommend from me. Um, I've also been playing a lot of CrossCode. Um, CrossCode was a game that came out on Steam a couple years ago. It was a pretty successful Indiegogo, and it's basically a, um, a JRPG that uh, that brings us back to the SNES days. Uh, and when I compare it to other games, I would say I think it's Secret of Mana, except you have a gun. So, um, and the gun pretty much has twin stick shooter uh, kind of capabilities. You use your right stick to aim and shoot from there. And yeah, that's my fan. Sorry about that. It's really hot. Um, so the, the the cool thing about the gun is that you can bounce it off the walls. And um, this game is, actually has a lot of puzzle solving. So um, in addition to platforming, we, you can you can like jump around uh, the dungeons, and then you have to. Uh, shoot things that basically are in your way, and sometimes mm-hmm. the only way through that is to actually aim it properly. So it, it, it uses like you know some some cool pool um, billiard physics to really get you through that. And then the battle system is is uh, really good in its own right. You have your option with melee strikes. Uh, you have your gun. You have a dodge move, and you have your shield, which can break. So it's it's very much like uh, you know pretty much what you'd expect out of out of a good action game these days. Um, and you also have like 
something similar to uh, Final Fantasy X Sphere, Sphere Grid. So you can pretty much um, customize your character the way you want him to. And yeah, it's solid. The, uh, the story does take a while to get into. Um, basically, you're an avatar in an MMORPG who has mm-hmm. an... And, you know, the things along those lines. But, you know, the, the boss fights are amazing. Um, I, I'm, I'm about 30 hours into it, and I'm like, wow. If, if, if I knew about this game in 2018, it would have been, like, top five in my Game of the Year list easily. The game is that good. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's made by a small German studio. You know, if, if the Germans can make good JRPGs, you know, you, you got to give uh, these, these, these a chance. And uh, mm-hmm. about that. Um, and then lastly, I've been playing Super Liminal. Um, Super Liminal just came out a few days ago on all the consoles. It's, it's been available on uh, Steam since last year, and it's basically a first-person puzzle game similar to like um, Portal or uh, Towels Principle, um, except that um, most of the puzzles, or rather all of the puzzles, are all about perspective. Uh, so, for example, you're going to be cooped up in a room, and the only way to get out would be to you know get some switches or find uh, find alternative methods of getting to certain doors. Like for example. Um, there are some rooms that you can't bring an object into, but what you can do is go into that room and then look outside and then grab the block or whatever you have to do and then use it from there. But the cool thing is that with force perspective, for example, let's say I'm, I'm holding my phone, and if I bring my phone closer to my face, it'll be bigger, right? So from there, if I drop it, it'll actually maintain that size. So um, it, it gets really trippy in that regard, and as a result, I've, I've gotten sort of uh, motion sick, uh, so that's keeping me from playing as as much as I want to. But yeah, this 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 game is pretty cool, and uh, yeah. also so yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right, yeah. So we'll get to the the news of the week here. Uh, EA decided to announce something. Uh, UFC mm-hmm. four, yeah. kind of a very uh, uh, I don't know. Seems like a interesting announcement, but. Uh, the big thing is they're not announcing next-gen versions. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the ESRB rating has uh, those uh, rooted out. Mm. But So those might be happening later. Uh, who knows? But it uh, seems like they are uh, bringing back Bruce Lee. Uh, kind of doing some... Uh, I'm not sure what all they're adding in here. But it seems like they're going to... Try to make a better game? Yeah. Uh, sure. Always a good goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, for those that have uh, been waiting on this for a while, uh, kind of known about it. I think it's been rumored for a little while, but it's just uh, getting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the long development cycle is what's contributing to the lack of a next-gen version. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it seems like they are... It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, let's see, they're not going to have Ultimate Team Mode in this version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they are not going to have microtransactions that uh, are used for upgrading created fighters. Mm. Uh, so it'll be all premium currency uh, used to buy, like, customization, uh, cosmetic stuff uh, instead. So, yeah, even making some strides in that department. But yeah, that is... Uh, that is EA's addition uh, to this week's uh, bit of news. Uh, let's see. For Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo's finally deemed us worthy of getting new games. Uh, for that, uh, with the highlight being Donkey Kong Country. Uh, let's see. These will be out July 15th. So that's, uh, what, Wednesday? Uh, yeah, so the, the Super Nintendo app will be getting Donkey Kong Country and Natsume Championship Wrestling. Uh, let's see, okay. Yeah, so you can play against AI, or you can play multiplayer with uh, uh, a friend. Uh, for the NES, they're adding the Immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, grab your Wizards pack and let your quest unfold as you explore the Labyrinth of Eternity. Delve the dungeon's depths to uncover the mysteries of the ancient ruins. Your teacher, Mortimer, awaits below. Mm. That seems like an NES game. Yep, and... Just- up until this point, I didn't realize that EA had done anything on the NES. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had... But they had a completely separate identity at that point as Electronic Arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's easy to to dissociate the two brands today. Yeah. 
Jeez, just trying to so find information. Electronic Arts is very different from EA. Yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to find information on this game. There's a lot of things called The Immortal. There we go. Yeah, there's a Genesis version of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, so Will Harvey was the main dude working on this game. Uh, not sure what he has done. Marble Madness, I guess he worked on a port for that. Ooh. For EA. Yeah. Uh, Lancaster, music construction set, Zany Golf. Yeah. That's where he gets his own page, but whatever. Um, yeah, that seems... I'll have to try that out. Probably stream that uh, maybe Thursday. Yeah, uh, cool. Check out these games, see what they are, because one of these I know and two of these I do not know. But uh, this wiki page mentions the game has a high degree of graphic violence. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to see what that looks like. It's an isometric action-adventure dark fantasy video game originally created for yeah. the Apple 2GS. Yeah. Port of the Amiga, Atari ST, MS-DOS, NES, Genesis, and Switch uh, as a result of this announcement. Okay, so, hey. Got one game that people want, uh, and uh, two more maybe they do want. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. We got Limited Run Games had their own thing announcing a bunch of stuff that was going to be getting physical releases. And let's see, it's over 30 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? We got uh, some stuff that had, let's see, Castlevania Anniversary Collection for Switch and PS4 is getting a release. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of weird that Konami's going through them, but hey. Mm. Uh, Garo, Mark of the Wolves for PS4. It's July, sometime this month. Nice. Uh, Grandia HD yeah. Collections, August 7th for the Switch. Good. Uh, yeah. Let's see, Mega Dimension Neptunia eight or seven, Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Mm. It seems like Devolver is putting a lot of stuff on here. So there's uh, Carry On, uh, Gris, Katana Zero, My Friend Pedro, uh, and some of their other stuff here. Let's see, Boy and His Blob, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon two, Bug mm. Fables. Uh, let's see, Kunai is getting a release on there. Oh, already up. So if you want to pre-order that, uh, let's see, Observer. Uh, this is probably the funniest game on here, Papers, Please, for the Vita. Mm. Uh, a game that took many years to get ported to the Vita. Uh, and now it's also getting a physical release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pre-order that on the 24th. Pixel Junk Eden 2, Return of the Oberdin, mm. uh, River City Girls. Maybe more River City Girls? I think they announced there was more game, more of that game they're working on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're just calling it more River City Girls or what, but the, see, the Samurai Jack game, Shantae, which is also getting a digital release on Switch. Uh, so they're bringing that original Game Boy Color game out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shantae Risky's Revenge, Space Channel 5 VR, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, which is already up for pre-order. Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever, The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, The Mummy Demastered, The Secret of Monkey Island 30th Anniversary Anthology for PC. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. You can get all the, I think, all the Monkey Island games. Uh, to the Moon, Towerfall Ascension, Trover Saves the Universe for Switch, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine for Switch, Extreme Sports, another Game Boy Color game, mm-hmm. and uh, East Origin for Switch. Nice. So, yeah. I think that's the first physical version of East Origin, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a good slate of games. Uh, we're checking out if you want to f- uh, physical versions of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-orders up for a number of them, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool news. Uh, let's see, oh. let's see the Xbox is uh, finally getting their game stream announced mm-hmm. uh, for July twenty third. Yeah, uh, going to be showing off first party games and maybe some third party stuff. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we should see at least Halo Infinite. Uh, not sure what else we're going to expect uh, from that, but uh, let's see, that'll be July 23rd at 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, 11 a.m., oh, that's the pre-show, so 9 a.m. Mm. Pacific, noon Eastern Time, so pretty early show, mm. uh, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll be checking that out. All right. Uh, what, that's uh, two weeks, no, next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll a, be having that and Ghost of Tsushima to talk about. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, and the next game here, the next announcement here is Super Hot Mind Control Deletes, the third game in the Super Hot series, uh, is out on the 16th. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, this Thursday. Uh, and the, the cool thing is that if you own the original game on PC, PS4, Xbox One, uh, let's see, maybe even Switch as well, uh, you get uh, this game for free. Uh, which you're saying, like, potentially up to, like, 2 million copies for free yep. of this game. Which is uh, a really awesome thing to do. Uh, let's see, it's they're touting it as, like, a big... Uh, a big expansion of the originals concepts. Um, it's going to be like a bigger game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit less of the direct story, the way they told that in the original, but uh, uh, more stuff for you to kind of explore and all that. So yeah, that's going to be uh, out on Thursday. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting right there. Big game coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Oh yeah, Sega's jumping back into the uh, mini console markets uh, with something a little bit different, uh, what they're calling the Astro City Mini. Mm, a yes. tiny arcade cabinet. Alright. Uh, I'm not sure if they describe kind how... Kind of like the Neo Geo? Yeah. Uh, uh, it has six buttons. I'm wondering how big this thing is. Mm. Hopefully bigger than the Neo Geo. Yeah, this yeah, is, that was diminutive. Yeah, so let's see. They are going to have 36 games on this, but have only announced, let's see, 10 here. Uh, Alien Syndrome, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, Golden Axe, The Revenge of Death Adder, Columns 2, Dark Edge, Puzzle in Action, Tant R, Virtual Fighter, Fantasy Zone, and Altered Beast. Yeah, this thing has a lot of potential, and if they can get some uh, some other fighting games on there, maybe Virtua Fighter 2, Fighting Vipers, I'm really hoping they can um, enable a system link option so you can make a kind of Versus City Mini, yeah. because I would buy two for oh, that. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like you can already pre-order it on Amazon Japan for, let's see, 13,511 yen. Uh, curious what that. That's a big ask for somebody like me who just bought three minis. Mm. Yeah, I believe in. I think the MSRP is uh, twelve thousand eight hundred, which is about one hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. So it's about a little bit over one hundred thirty. Uh, let's see. The stick uses proper micro switches. Good. Uh, HDMI mm-hmm. outs on the back, as well as two USB A ports, a micro USB port, and a headphone jack. Uh, no idea on the battery situation yet, so you might end up having to plug that in, but... Well, that um, would be consistent with the Neo Geo Mini. Yeah. yeah okay, it, would. it says the USB device for power supply is required to use this product. Yep. So it might be using one of those USB uh, spots to plug it into. But pretty much all of the um, Minis use. Yeah. So I am not the least bit surprised there. Yep, so that's, uh, yeah, it looks pretty nice, though. Yeah, I, I've i definitely got to get in on at least one of those. Maybe two if they give it system linkage, because yeah. having a mini versus city would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, okay, it seems like it's about seven inches tall. Uh, so about the same as the Neo Geo. Yeah. Yeah, seven inches tall, seven inches uh, long, and about... Let's see, 130, about five inches wide. Yeah. Seems like a decent lap system, I guess. Yeah. But it seems better suited for you to set it next to your TV and kind of use the USB ports to plug in your own yeah. sticks, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the HDMI out, hopefully they got the games looking pretty decent on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, another way to spend uh, a bunch of money. Uh, here in the near future. Uh, nice. Let's see, what else do we got here? Sony decided to spend some money. Uh, they invested $250 million into Epic Games, uh, buying a minority stake in uh, the studio making Unreal Engine and Fortnite. Oh. Uh, let's see, they say here, Epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics please uh, places them 
at the forefront of game engine development with Unreal Engine and other innovations. There's no better example of this than the revolutionary entertainment experience Fortnite. Through our investment, we will explore opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to customers in the industry at large, not only in games, but also across the rapidly evolving digital entertainment landscape. Mm. Kind of just like we would like to keep working with Epic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and just to give you an idea of how salient like Tencent's uh, investment in them was, I think they paid around $400 million uh, a few years ago. Mm. And that was like 40% of the company. Uh, and this is at two fifty million right now is like one percent. So they wow. basically yeah. not really putting much in. That's how much Fortnite has grown and made them much bigger and I guess it's also an investment into the engine. If you do not know, like Unreal Engine is starting to grow as a uh a place to make like CG graphics for movies as well and shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is probably a better use for it. Yeah. Uh I think I've seen that a lot of uh, studios are kind of looking at that, and uh, seems like that's something that probably Sony Pictures would like to use. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, because as, as a game engine, it is not brilliant, honestly. At yeah. least, um, it's caused a lot of problems for fighting games that implemented it, and so yeah, yeah, yeah um, maybe they can get that solved. But at the very least, uh, finding a a better application for it would behoove them so that would be a good step yeah mm. yeah so we have to see how this kind of evolves over time but uh i've seen a lot of people doing uh some real fud stuff with this and it's not it seems like a minor thing just uh injecting some money into epic for some return i guess but yeah uh let's get to some actual shows that have been happening this week uh, we got Devolver Digital held their uh, weird little show uh, where they announced uh, a handful of games here. Nothing really too big, but uh, they announced Shadow Warrior 3 uh, mm-hmm. coming out yeah. later this year. Or no, 2021. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and that looks great. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how that game uh, changes from the others. Because the first one was a kind of st- standard first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was uh, a loot-based shooter, RPG yep. kind of thing. So I'm kind of curious how this one kind of evolves things. Uh, but yeah, that'll be... I think it's just PC for now. Mm. Uh, might be coming to consoles later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, a very silly Battle Royale game. Uh, yeah. uh, was announced to be coming out August 4th for PS4 and Steam. And there's definitely something happening with this game. I think the devs have teased that there's some special surprise for uh, PlayStation fans, which leads people to think that they might be hitting PlayStation Plus at launch, mm-hmm. especially coming out that early in the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shu Yoshida was there to push it, too, so... Yeah. yeah. That's pretty telling. Yeah, so... Uh, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. Carry On, uh, a game that is coming out on Xbox One, Switch, and PC on July 23rd. That game mm-hmm. looks nuts. Yeah, I played the demo on Steam when they've had their Game Fest uh, earlier this year. And that is a very fun and very gory game. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're playing this like monster that can go around, squeeze through uh, air ducts and all this kind of stuff to kill all the enemies, uh, the humans that are around, uh, and try to navigate the environment in ways that maybe don't always work because you are a, a weird blob beast. Amorphous carrion beast. With like a thousand, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, tentacles and such, uh, especially as you get bigger and bigger, uh, become a little bit more unwieldy, but that's kind of the fun there. Uh, let's see what else. Olaja. Uh, it's coming to Switch and PC. Uh, oh. There's a demo out now on Steam. Uh, that's out this fall. Uh, looks like a neat little game. Uh, let's see. Also, Serious Sam 4. That's that one looks really happening. good. Uh, hopefully it's better than Serious Sam 3 from 
what I heard of that game is it was complete butt. Yeah. Uh, but this one's coming to Steam and Stadia uh, in August with uh, PS4 and Xbox One releases scheduled for next year. And uh, then their last thing was this weird little thing called Devolverland Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they call a first-person marketing simulator <laughs> that you can get on Steam. Because, of course, Devolver would make up something like that. Yeah, it's like a little space you can go and explore uh, and check out like environments built around the games that kind of feels very much like them making their own like PlayStation Home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of neat. So you can grab that for free and kind of check it out. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Devolver's thing. Now, ordinarily, I can't stand Devolver's shows, their tone, the the humor involved in them, but I have to admit, I really love how they pretty much took the uh, AAA development and marketing model and roasted it they... on a spit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was great this year. Yep. Uh, you want to go out there and announce games we have no intention of making. Yes, <laughs> that, that's where we're going. That's where it's always been going. Yep. Uh, that's that was that was freaking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <that's> how- yep. <sighs> yep. So uh, let's see. We got Nintendo Treehouse Live, which they had a little stream uh, to show more of Paper Mario: The Origami King. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm telling nice. you, that origami effect is like the most uncanny of uncanny valley. It. Uh, uh, let me just let me just ask this: When they first previewed this game and they showed that origami Princess Peach, did anybody else get like think that was just like pure utter nightmare fuel? I, I certainly thought it, it was. Behind it, definitely gave it a scarier tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I do like the way they're using the origami, uh, or the the uh, kind of the paper uh, aesthetic here in terms of the uh, the bad guys like created these holes in the environment, and Mario just throws these scraps of paper at it. Yeah, and it somehow sucks into it and fills it up. So you're kind of encouraged to kind of just run around and smack things to get some more scrap until you fill up your bag, and you kind of got. Just go fill up that stuff. I assume you get a lot of uh, extra coins and maybe find uh, toads and all that kind of stuff through it. Yep. Uh, the battle system looks really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you got these rings, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, around you. Uh, in that kind of vein of the, the classic kind of ring puzzles. Where uh-huh. you have to like, line up the images, that kind of stuff. But uh-huh. instead of doing that, you're lining up enemies uh-huh. in the rows so that you can jump on them in time. Mm. Uh, for maximum damage, and you also have the and you have a certain amount of time to set this up, uh, and so they instinctively throw uh, tons of coins at you because you can use the coins to extend the time if you're having trouble uh, setting up the lines. Uh, and I think there's also like an ultimate move you can pull of like using up like nine or ninety nine coins to uh, just have toads come in and do some damage to the enemies and help you solve the puzzle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've built in a lot of uh, neat little mechanics to that. Uh, it makes it look pretty neat. Mm. Uh, certainly back on track from what you would want out of the out of the series after the last couple games kind of weren't that. Uh, but yeah, that was the, the thing. The other thing, they teased uh, a way forward title and used uh, weird language that made it seem like they were making an uh, a game based on Nintendo IP on Twitter. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, they had to clarify <laughs> and be like, no, this is based on a third-party IP. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you guys should have probably thought how you worded this uh, the first time around. Yeah. I'm sure somebody on the team was like, I told you that was not the way to write that. Uh, that kind of thing. But uh, it ended up being a Bakugan game. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it, it, it makes me wonder if if way forward even bothered like, you know, was what was there any sort of payment to this? Because this is a game that does not need to be teased, and it just goes to show that not every game needs to be teased at all. What's the opposite of hype? 
Yeah, I think this is something that very much uh, Nintendo was definitely involved in funding this stuff. Mm. It's exclusive to the Switch. It's very much in a vein of a Pokemon, uh, mm. as far as like collecting these beasts uh, and using them to fight other beasts. Uh, the battle system is obviously pretty different, but uh, it definitely seems that kind of vein. It's obviously based on the old... Uh, I assume it was an anime first, the show. Uh, back in the day, that was very big with the kids. Mm. And died for a bit, and I guess they're trying to bring it back. As yep. Uh, which is kind of way forward's thing. Mm-hmm. They like making a lot of uh, a lot of games based on weird properties you may not expect. Like The Mummy. Uh, a terrible movie. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Nintendo's uh, announcements for this week. But uh, mm-hmm. Paper Mario's out uh, next Friday. Or this Friday. Uh, up against Ghost of Tsushima. And yep. Bakugan Champions of Vestroya. Is mm-hmm. out on November third, so you can get it after you vote, I guess. Mm. Uh, and the th- the final event here is the reason why we're taping this a little bit late. Yeah, uh, is Ubisoft Forward? Yep. Uh, I don't know what I expected. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the kind of show you would want them to have after kind of having a. Uh, a fairly long break of announcing things. Yeah. Uh, especially when we had that like suite of like three or four games that got delayed out of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gods and Monsters, I think Watchdog Legions, and a couple others that we did not know about at the time. But uh, we got mostly, like the they had a pre-show where it's just, here's updates on what's going on with their existing games. Uh, which the, the most interesting thing I saw was uh, Trials Rising, is getting the Giga Track uh, on Thursday, the 16th. Here, uh, if you don't know what the Giga Track is, it is a monster track they put at the end of uh, Trials games that usually takes like 10, 15 minutes to complete because it is so long. Uh, this one they're saying is going to be their biggest yet, uh, so that is uh, scary and all that. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's certainly a big update for that game that's kind of came and went. Uh, so I'll definitely have to check that out here later this week. Uh, then we got to the main show where they showed maybe about like six games, but two of those are mobile games. Uh, and uh, But the others we got uh, dates for some of their bigger stuff that they've got coming out. Uh, Watchdog Le- Watchdogs Legion uh, finally has a new date, October 29th. Got I'm some, excited for that. Yeah, we got some gameplay for that. Kind of showed off how the some of the systems work there, which uh, looks pretty neat. Uh, especially the way that the the system adapts to the character that you are controlling at that time. Uh, how the dialogue and all that can kind of change up uh, a bit. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that still looks like it's going to be a pretty solid game. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. I still predict that Helen is going to be like a breakout video game character when this game lands. Yeah. Yep. The retired assassin. Yeah. They did have a good little segment there with a John Wick style yeah. uh, hitman uh, taking out a bunch of dudes with his uh, his gun, gun kata, I guess you can call it, uh, which was pretty good to see. Uh, let's see. They announced Hyper uh, Hyperscape. Uh, last week, or well, late last week, uh, that had a quick, like, little technical beta, uh, for people that got codes dropped on, dropped through Twitch, and they announced, uh, during the show that it is out now in open beta for PC, so you can go on, uh, Uplay, maybe Epic Game Store, I'm not sure if they, uh, have put it up there as well, but, uh, that is their Battle Royale game. Uh, seems to have a nice little style to it, and I've heard some decent stuff about uh, how it plays. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I obviously don't care much for the genre, but uh, the the stuff they showed was pretty cool. Like, um, I, I like their Twitch functionality where the viewers can go ahead and like change the uh, the game with different perks. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that was one of the things I saw when I was watching a little bit of on Twitch uh, during the technical beta stuff. 
uh, that people could kind of make some decisions to affect how the game goes, uh, which was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, that is uh, free to play, so you can check it out now. Uh, then we finally got a big gameplay trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which did not, which looked like an Assassin's Creed game. Did not look. And we like still this. didn't get a date out of it, did we? Uh, we did. We uh, did November seventeenth. Okay. Like two days from Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like. I too weeks. like to live dangerously. Yeah, three weeks after Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, so yeah, that is. Uh, they definitely are playing up the invading of the Vikings, where you kind of get an, ex- uh, uh, an aspect of the game where it is growing your settlement, uh, building it out, and recruiting more people uh, to that. I don't know what the little thing is. I haven't had a chance. They put out a 30-minute gameplay uh, video uh, after the show. I think it was part of their post-game, their post uh, post-show stream. So I haven't seen like what all that is, but uh, it looks a lot like what uh, you saw with the uh, Odyssey, uh, just with uh, more axes, uh, more uh, Viking stuff, mm. which is still pretty good. But I'm curious to see, like, I'm curious to watch that and kind of see uh, what all there is to that. Uh, and the final thing that kind of got leaked uh, shortly before the. The show happened a few days ago. Uh, Far Cry Six, uh, yep. featuring good. featuring Gene Carlo Esposito, uh, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad fame, uh, Gus Fring. In case you're not uh, familiar with the name, uh, that game is out February 16th, uh, early next year, and uh, no gameplay for that. So we don't know like what's what they're doing to make uh, a justification for there being a new game. So. So quickly after five, like two year, two or three years ago. Um, but yeah, yeah. Especially with their last two Far Cry releases where, you know, they, they really show something really, really cool narratively, but it ends mm-hmm. up being this Far Cry game. So that's that, that's stuff my fear going into Far Cry 6, but uh, Giancarlo S, please, um, Chicken Man, tell me anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good trailer there showing him as the... Uh, the tyrant of this, like, Cuba-style country. Yeah, uh, he's basically Batista, basically. Yeah. That, that's, like, the whole sort of idea. The team actually went down to Cuba specifically for research for this game, so that's why it looks so Cuba-esque. And they actually, like, interviewed, like, actual veterans of the Cuban Revolution. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh... Uh, Anton Castillo is the the main villain there, and his son mm-hmm. Diego, uh, who people speculate that this might be a prequel to Far Cry Three because he kind of has the some uh, distinguishing characteristics that are similar to Voss, mm-hmm. uh, particularly like the little uh, not really cut, but a uh, little little bit in his uh, eyebrow there that's yeah. similar to Voss's eyebrow, which is not actually which wasn't really. Uh, originally put in the model, uh, they just kind of took that from the uh, the performance actor that uh, played that role. Mm-hmm. He has it on himself. Like, oh, we'll just put that in there because that's a, a little distinguishing characteristic nice. uh, to take out of that. And uh, yeah, still don't know what it is, what what the game plays like or anything. But uh, I'm looking at the the description on the YouTube video here. They mention. Uh, all new animal companion like Chorizo, the adorable wiener dog, mm. who's as cute as he is Chirizo. lethal. Uh, which is an uh, interesting decision to go for. Hey, I'm yeah. I can di- I can dig it. But yeah, uh, yeah, Chorizo is a spicy Spanish pork sausage. So, yep, uh, kind of lazy, but for white people, they won't know that. <laughs> so hey. Uh, like if you just named your wiener dog, hey, uh, hot dog, yeah. <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, hey, or, kielbasa, uh, come here, <laughs> yeah, hey, sausage, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, new weapons, vehicles, animal companions, state down a military regime, all that good stuff, yeah, seems like you might get a tank to control, 
uh, yeah. horses and tanks. That's what they say here. Yeah. I'd end up getting like uh, one of those because uh, if you go to Cuba and go to Havana and go to the Museum of the Revolution, one of the things that they got there is one of the gorillas actually took like a tractor and turned it into a tank. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you'll be able to get one of those in this game. That yeah, we'll is fantastic. See. Yeah, no platforms announced for any of this stuff. I assume it's going to probably be next gen. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. PC is the next gen probably. Uh, hey, that's uh, that was kind of how they closed it out with a, a cinematic trailer for that. So that was kind of the the interesting part of Ubisoft's show. Uh, I'll get to the rest of uh, the final bit of our show here, which is that. Uh, last night, uh, shortly before this show happened, uh, Ubisoft, uh, got rid of three of their top executives, uh, because further reporting on their sexual harassment, uh, and sort of toxic work culture at Ubisoft had specifically, uh, pinpointed it to three of these people here, uh, Yanis Malat, uh, the head of Ubisoft's Canadian studios, uh, global head of human resources, Cecile Cornette, and Serge Hescott, who is their chief creative officer. Uh, so we got three of their big names, and the, I think the human resources person was especially interesting because there was a, a bit that came out saying that it was either her or like one of her top people under her that was basically saying, like, I've got people here, half the team, uh, I think it was at Ubisoft, uh, Toronto. Uh, they're saying, like, if Eves does not put out a statement exonerating us from, uh, uh, being responsible for these issues, uh, we will leave. Everybody's like, bye. Get out of here. <laughs> he made it easier for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, what did I say a couple weeks ago on the show? Eve Guillermo is nothing if not thorough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, let's see, yeah, Eve is sort of making the, uh, put out another letter to the company-wide email system to say, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, said, uh, in my last message to you, I laid out a series of initiatives that are guiding us as we begin making significant changes within Ubisoft. I also committed to looking across our entire organization at all levels and ge- uh, geographies to determine where and how we have fallen short are guaranteed to provide a safe, inclusive workplace environment for all of you. Past few weeks, I have engaged in rigorous review, and today I want to let you know of some important personnel changes that are part of reshaping the way we work together. And he starts mentioning the the three big names that they are stepping down or resigning. So uh, this is a good start. Still got yeah. plenty more to go because it's not just these three people. Uh-uh. It's a whole cultural issue in that company. Yeah, I've seen some other women that uh, work still work at Ubisoft, talking about how you know some of the men are you know treating the accusations now as a joke. Uh, oh, just a good sign, like hey, add them to the list. Yep, people that need to get the fuck out. Uh, that's where they need to be, culture-wise. Just take anybody that doesn't take it seriously and tell them to get the fuck out. Mm. That's how you're going to root out the rot that they have there. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of been it for this week. Yeah. Uh, A lot of news. I want to see how things go for uh, the rest of this week. Mm -hmm. Got a couple of big releases here. Mm. Uh, And we'll see. uh, uh, Overall, the Ubisoft presentation... Might have been like the best best one as far as like getting the info we needed to get out of these games. Like almost everything. Yeah, yeah I'll um, give them that. Yeah. And um, uh, for, for 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 lack of better reasoning, like this was also the most diverse presentation as far as like you know, um, being progressive. So mm-hmm. yeah. good on them. The, the, the timing is really unfortunate, but uh, as far as like where they're going, like I'm, I'm, I'm my hopes are high. Okay. Yeah. 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 I hope that they are making the right decisions here, as far as yeah. the company is. I mean, honestly, at this point, Ubisoft's kind of at a turning point right now anyway, because they haven't been doing too well with their more recent releases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're, 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 
they've still made a killing with their releases, but they've they've fallen below uh, investor expectations. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but investor expectations are always stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also set up by all the previous success. Mm-hmm. And so, like the the recent games that have, that didn't do well is more because of disappointment in games before that. Just kind of builds up. Mm-hmm. So they just say, "Hey, you know what? We're done buying the games." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looks like. Uh, let's see, Far Cry Six, I believe, or no, it's Watch Dogs Legion that is going to have the free upgrade from. Xbox One and PS4 to the next consoles. Uh, so that'll be good. Especially when they're releasing, uh, assuming right before these uh, new consoles come out. Uh, seems like people think uh, 4K resolution's exclusive to Xbox. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. Uh, like uh, Beyond Good and Evil's next gen. Yeah. Like Xbox One X and Xbox Series X only. Uh, I have to check my emails, see what they said. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I don't care about Tom Can- Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Well, this is for Far Cry. I don't have a Far Cry email yet. Oh, well, we'll let that all shake out because who knows? I could just be weird marketing speak. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's this week's episode. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. decent slate of stuff here. Uh, as I said, we got a couple big releases coming out here, as well as uh, Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back on next Sunday uh, with a new slate of games and uh, news to talk about. And uh, for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Dan Ray Victorio, I'm your host, Chris Logie. Have a good one. Yeah, later. Peace.